Recording in progress. Okay, we're good. Good morning, everybody. Today's a very special day. This is a special episode of Life Before Medicine. I'm Dr. Bruce Crawford, board-certified urogynecologist here, as always, with Heather Dibke, exercise physiologist, trainer extraordinaire. You know, Life Before Medicine talks a lot about uh, health conditions that might result in a medical intervention and what you can do to avoid the need for medical intervention. And uh, in the mind of a urogynecologist, foremost among those are pelvic floor problems like bladder control. And if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that we talk quite a bit about the Filates program, a program of pelvic floor rehabilitation that involves movement that's science-based, that has excellent clinical data. It is affordable, accessible, efficient, and effective, and you can gain access to it through our website, philates.com, P-F-I-L-A-T-E-S dot C-O-M is how it's spelled. So do that, but not right now. Do it when you're done listening to this amazing podcast because you know we're recording this with video for the first time trying to make this somewhat daunting transition from an audio only podcast to an audio video uh, podcast so I had to comb my hair and everything and um, I'm here today with Heather good morning Heather how are you this morning I am well how are you I am dandy and might I add your hair looks fabulous really oh thanks that's really all I wanted just a little bit of encouragement. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. I don't need that much. Just a little bit of encouragement. We all need that. Mm. And also, guess what? We need to talk today about something we need help with. We mm. need some encouragement, too, for this project we are launching. And this is kind of a, a solicitation. I was going to say solicitous, but I'm not sure that in, as the uh, connotation we're looking for. It's a solicitation from our audience to query yourself about what can you do to lend support to this really important project we're working on that um, is conceptual at the moment, but very soon will be real. And uh, so why don't I, I'm just going to lay out in broad strokes exactly what it is we're doing and what we need help with um, so that our audience knows what we are talking about. Right, so Philates needs to be more broadly adopted. And the people within our society that need it most are seniors. Now, ideally, ideally you would start Philates while pregnant or immediately after delivery, right? That is kind of the holy grail of the, you know, the, the window of opportunity to optimize recovery from pelvic floor injury, which is, in fact, an inevitable consequence of vaginal childbirth, and everyone should do it. Um, however, did you know that most people don't? Did you know most people don't recover their pelvic floors after delivery? And the fact is... Well, as you know, that was me personally. <laughs> it's everybody. <laughs> and, and so um, while we are working on that, we turn our attention to the population that have not done anything to recover their pelvic floors for decades and are now getting to a point later in life where 
bladder control issues in particular, have the biggest impact on their quality of life, on their quality of life. Now, at the end of the day, no matter how long your lifespan is, what we're really interested in is health span, functional lifespan. How long can we live on this earth with dignity and independence? That's really important. And if you're not paying attention to this, then um, start right away. The fact of the matter is, if you can't control your bladder, you're less likely to leave the house. You're less likely to engage in the kind of social interaction that is critical for mental health. And uh, it affects you physically, more likely to have urinary tract infections, other problems. It affects you sexually. We know this is true. It is borne out in the data. And so it gets worse. Women with urinary incontinence are twice as likely as women without urinary incontinence to be admitted to a nursing home. Loss of bladder and bowel control is one of the main factors influencing the decision a family makes to put a loved one in a nursing home. So this message needs to be received, assimilated, and the practice of pelvic floor rehab adopted as a habit five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, early in life. Well, how do we do this? How do we get this thing distributed is the question. You know, we do P49 every month, and, mm-hmm. and that's a ton of fun, and now it's all online, so people can do it literally in real time anytime they want to. They go to philates.com, sign up for P49, they can start right then and there. It mm-hmm. is available. We have thousands of instructors all over the country. And we and have, the world. And the world. We have, yeah, like 13, 1,400 in Japan. And, and that's great, but it's not enough. I am perpetually dissatisfied. And, and because of that, we keep pushing forward, pushing out, trying to make a bigger space for this, the space that represents fitness as medicine, that represents a new area of possibility that exists between the fitness world and the medical community that will help you preserve your dignity and independence and hopefully avoid the need to be on a forever medication or go to sleep in an operating room to address pelvic floor problems like bladder control problems. And so uh, in doing this, it occurred to me that, um, you know, the great advantage of virtual teaching that we've all realized since the pandemic lowered the boom on us, um, is wonderful. But if we're going to reach our senior population in, a, in the most effective way, we also need to restore some element of how we did things before the pandemic came to pass. Correct. It doesn't mean abandon the virtual teaching. That's been wonderful. But adopting something new and wonderful does not necessarily imply you abandon what was old and wonderful, right? I think the most logical, the most reasonable approach is to preserve all that is wonderful, whether it was pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. And so we got to get back to normal in, in like giant air quotes um, to the extent that uh, we offer in-person training. Now, yes. with respect to our seniors, with respect to our seniors, 
we believe this program should be available in every city in the country administered through local government, perhaps through the Department of Parks and Recreation as a senior service that will provide training in person, the education, which is usually the talking part of P49 that I do, and the movement instruction, which their staff or our staff, um, well-trained in the Filates method, can execute and then provide the appropriate follow-up so they, the seniors in our community can obtain as a public service, as a public service, the incredible benefits of a program of movement to rehabilitate pelvic floor function, to restore and maintain bladder control. Doesn't that sound like a good idea to you? I love it. Well, good. I'm so and glad. And I'd also to- like to add that we're also talking about men. We've kind of Men can have pelvic floor issues as well. They're included in the umbrella mm-hmm. of seniors, although they don't live as long as women, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, absolutely, men have pelvic floors, and men are just as likely to have overactive bladder. And if they've had prostate surgery, um, there are bladder control issues that come along with that as well. And the best data, ironically, the best data we have for the Filates method comes from University of Toronto that studied men after prostate surgery, comparing Filates to Kegels, showing that Filates worked 50% better. So there's that. There's that. And, and so, you know, what if we could make this affordable, accessible, um, uh, effective, and efficient at the level of the local government, mm-hmm. right, to Can the seniors, through senior centers, perhaps administered via the Department of Parks and Recreation, with our oversight and guidance, wouldn't that be an improvement if we actually did something you know, I think a lot of people, especially right now, you know, pre-election and all, are so frustrated that it just doesn't seem to matter, you know, who's at the helm. Like, like it, so much of our, our political machine is stuck fighting with each other and instead of doing the people's business, you know. And, and so we need to actually do something right? We need to put it out there and do something. And now we are planning on starting this in uh, a community that I'm local to, Reno. I also live in Scottsdale, and we can do it here too. But we're targeting Reno, Nevada as our launch. But I think, Heather, you have some connections to local government and civics in your area and might be yep, able to I'm do in West it. West Michigan. West Michigan, in the Holland, mm-hmm. Michigan area, I think. Mm-hmm. What a yep. nice place that is. It's All beautiful. those nice seniors need this program, right? Everybody needs it. Right. And I think doing it in the presence of other seniors who need this program lends uh, some human advantage. You know, it's cool to do this live and virtually because it um, provides a degree of anonymity. You know, we always have people on P49 that never turn their camera on, but they listen Mm -hmm. and I assume they're learning and doing it. Um, But there's something about being in the presence of someone else that lends identification, if you can identify with another person, I've got these issues, you've got these issues, mm-hmm. we are working on it with a solution that's proven effective. 
I it's think, a shared experience. I think there's something powerful about that that we can't abandon just because virtual learning has become acceptable, right? So especially for our seniors, right? They uh, have had uh, more history in the way things were before the pandemic, and, and so we're not going to abandon it. We're going to do it live. And so administering this thing would involve an initial session that's very much like a P49 with a lecture portion and a movement portion, and then follow-ups weekly offered through senior centers in coordination with uh, local independent living facilities um, that would provide transportation and the support seniors need to actually get there. And we can do this so inexpensively. Do you have any idea how much money is spent treating bladder and bowel control problems in this country every year? Do you have any idea how much productivity is lost? It's extraordinary, measured in the tens of billions of dollars. But what if for $49, we could offer a solution that avoided all that? Well, that's great. And we love to talk about the fiscal advantage of things when we're pitching new ideas. But how do you put a price tag on someone's self-image? How do you put a price tag on someone's dignity and independence? Their sense of uh, wellness. How do you measure wellness, right? There's no scale that we can use that's going to say, look how much wellness there is, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit nebulous. But the ability to live independently... And without anxiety over having episodes of incontinence is invaluable. We can say that, right? We may not be able to quantify it to three decimal points, but we can at least make a binary statement and say, it's really important. Yes, is the answer, right? And, and that's so, so that's what we're doing. What do we need? What do we need from people to sort of gather the troops and launch this thing effectively. How can people get involved and support us? We need a mental, intellectual contact funding of, from our community, like a crowd, mm -hmm. like a mental crowdfunding, right, from our community. What can people do? How can they reach us? Via email. Email. Yes, I've heard of it. So they can reach us. Probably be the easiest way to get to us. But I, I think what we really want is, you know, people that might want to become teachers and teach this in their community or that already have relationships with these government officials. So some you know, the more relationship. People that say they want something, the more likely it is to come to fruition. So some relationship with local government Absolutely. that they could basically be an envoy or a liaison that would facilitate introducing this program, which is very well outlined in mm -hmm. our proposal that we've been working on for the last few weeks. And we are going to make it easy to implement this program. Turnkey. Turnkey is right. <laughs> so... Email's good. I'll give my email address, P as in Paul, F as in Frank, 171 at live, L-I-V-E dot com. That is my email address that anyone can reach me at. Do you want to give out your email address or maintain your 
very valuable anonymity. I would love to give out my email. Oh. It's Heather dot dipkey d as in delta i b as in bravo k e y at reno gyne r-e-n-o-g-y-n dot com excellent email address and i would love i would love to get emails from anyone that you know is passionate and would like to help us in this endeavor yeah in fact it's an, it's more than we would like it we need it. We need There's it. There's a big difference between wants and needs. We need this to bring this program to fruition. We've been working on mm-hmm. it for golly, 13 years now. We have, we've figured it out. We know how mm-hmm. to do this. Now we have to bring it to p- the lives of people that need it. And we can't, it's become apparent to me that we can't do it on our own. We have to involve our community that we've built up to lend a hand. And, you know, even if you don't have connections to local government that we can pitch our uh, program to, our, our pelvic floor rehab for seniors program to, if you know somebody that has those connections, mm-hmm. right, you could bend their ear or give us a, um, their contact information and we'll reach out to them. But this is a no-brainer in my mind. It, you know, it's very inexpensive to administer this program, and it is of tremendous benefit, right? So the ratio the, between those things is this thing we call cost-effectiveness. How mm-hmm. much value are you getting for dollar, healthcare dollar you spend? Mm-hmm. This is Your tremendous. Return on investment. Yes, exactly. It's, and and it's, it's absolutely tremendous, and it is way overdue. So um, please, let us hear from you. Let us hear who you are, who you know, that can help us implement this program in your community. How many cities are there in the United States? There's more than 11. There's a lot. Like a lot of little cities, right? A lot. And it might not even be, you know, through a parks and recreation. It could be perhaps your local hospital. They have health education departments as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we don't want to limit. And what a feather in the, you know what? Because even in smaller towns, it seems like there's usually two hospitals mm-hmm. that, that are kind of at each other's throats all the time, competing with each other for the bigger piece of the pie. What a feather in the cap of the hospital that adopts this and gives it to the seniors of the community for free with their logo on the materials. Mm-hmm. Right? Costs them like nothing. And it, and it is legitimately virtuous, right? It's it's actually doing something proactive and good for a population that needs it. Wouldn't that be good? So, right, if you have access to uh, hospital administrators that that, uh, might be interested, let us know as we we are going to launch this thing quickly and furiously. Um, And and we'd like you to be a part of it. Yeah, for listeners that might not know much about the program, why don't you give a little bit of data on why this program is so beneficial and I think kind of superior to a lot of other programs on the market that deal with this topic. Kind of superior. <laughs> You're, well, you have, want to be you have such a you have a very pleasant Midwest mentality. And I always have to sort of uh check myself. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> I don't have that. But um I do appreciate and admire it. You know, so, so yeah, our our program I th- I think Heather's speaking about the efficacy of the program. And so yes. 
80% of our participants are at least 50% better in 28 days of training. That's five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. That's an extraordinary statistic borne out by collecting pre-training bladder diaries and symptom questionnaires. And after 28 days, collecting post-training bladder diaries and symptom questionnaires and calculating global improvement, how much better are you than when you started, how many leaks, um, validated symptom questionnaires, etc. And, and so it shows us, first of all, that all of the five or six metrics we looked at in this 100-patient cohort from the Center for Pelvic Floor Medicine, all the metrics were moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that's one way to kind of get a sense, are you measuring what you think you're measuring, right? If everything's moving the way you would have predicted it would move, um, and to a, uh, a degree that provides statistical significance. And without doing a whole statistics course, it just means the, the probability that the effect you're reporting is not by chance is more than 95%. And so we feel pretty secure in our clinical data. If you do this, the probability that you will be successful is about 80%. So if you ever look at something online or via a Facebook ad or something that says, guaranteed, 100% effective, can't fail, you need to turn around and slowly walk away, right? Because that's not the way biology works. It's not the way science works. If you really have something that works, you have to have situations and individuals for whom it does not work, right? Because... The distribution of events from a scientific biological standpoint generally is on a, no, um, a Gaussian curve, a normal curve. And so you're going to have most people towards the center, some people at each end. And, a, uh, and that's certainly what we've seen in the distribution of effect for people participating in our programs. We feel like, you know, we've studied this thing enough and are secure enough that our data relates to true beneficial effect that, um, yeah, that we need to get it in front of people more aggressively, right? And that's- I would agree. And it's also, I think, another hallmark that sets our program apart, in addition to the clinical data, is that it's very easy and simple and simple for the person to implement into their daily life. We have eliminated a lot of barriers to compliance. Mm. That's important. It is very important because, it's, you know, the program's only as good as you have people that are willing to do it. Right, right. It's like I always say, like giving your kid a, a healthy lunch. If, you know, what, what's the point if they throw it away when they get to school? Exactly. You know? So we've intentionally made this program such that it is very easy for every person to do. Practicable. Very practicable. I think that's key. I think that's key. So and- it's simple. You know, I think keeping no things brainer. simple, like, right, we, we don't have any devices. We don't have any, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's so many products on the market that seem to involve electrocuting people. You know, the e-stim devices, like, all you have to do is electrocute yourself. You're in the genital area for 15 minutes a day forever. And then you'll, <laughs> then you'll be fine. Right. That's ludicrous. Are you right. kidding me? Nobody's going to do that. It's non-invasive. Most people will not tolerate an invasive approach ongoing forever. 
Right. They need a lifestyle approach. Isn't yeah. We need something that they can do on their own and feel very confident. Our bodies that. were designed to work. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of my approach to solving um, the problem of certain areas of healthcare that are deficient is looking at it that way. What changed? What is not being given to our system that used to allow it to work properly? And our lifestyle isn't the same as it was 50 years ago, much less Mm -hmm. 500 or 1,000 years ago, right? We live longer too. And so, you know, the, the fact that Philates is a program of movement, very specialized movements, scientifically validated is key. And that's, I think, has to... Agreed. And they're simple movements. I can't emphasize that enough. If you make something too complex and convoluted, people are not going to do it. Right. You don't have to be an Olympic athlete. No. Or any kind of athlete. You don't have to literally sit in a chair and do it. You've made it that simple. Man, what a great program. I kind of like it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you. With my Midwestern (laughs) sensibility mindset. It's such a pleasant sensibility. It's Thank nice. you. And, and I appreciate you teaching me how to speak Midwestern. Because I speak nurse. I can tell you what a nurse means when she says, right away, doctor. I can, right? I've learned these things. Right. And I, well, we balance each other out, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yin yeah, and yang. Are you we yang are, or am I yang? Well, I don't think it matters. All right. But I, we're very complementary. I think that's true. I, th- I mm-hmm. think that's true. And I'm grateful for you every day. People, Likewise, I'm grateful for you as well. We need your help. Please reach out. Reach out to us. Reach out to people you know that you think might be able to lend a hand implementing this program locally so that we can bring this effective, affordable, efficient program to the seniors in your community. I'm Dr. Bruce Crawford, board-certified urogynecologist with Heather Dibke today. This has been Life Before Medicine. We'll be with you soon.